So a few months from now, how you use your iPhone or your iPad is going to change dramatically. With the release of iOS 14, likely in September, you'll be able to do things like add widgets to your iPhone's home screen, use a new Android-like app drawer, and take advantage of the new iMessage app that has a lot more powerful tools. But what if I told you you could use iOS 14 and iPadOS 14 right now? Well, you can. Apple recently released the public beta for both versions of the new software. And if you want and you're brave enough, you can test it right now. What is the process like? What are the features you can expect? And should you even do it? That's exactly what we're going to talk about today on Jason Squared. I'm Jason Cipriani with Jason Perlow. All right, Jason, so I know you've been using iOS 14 for a while now, a couple weeks. What are some of your favorite features you've found so far? So I thought I wouldn't like the widgets the way they were initially implemented, but now I kind of like them, right? Especially as we're starting to see the build out of the widget interface and they keep adding a couple more uh, widgets to the inventory for you to use. So I like them. I wish they were obviously implemented the same way on iPad as they were in the iPhone, right? Because the iPad is essentially missing a lot of the ability to drag them onto you know, the workspace and all that kind of stuff that you see on an iPhone. But overall, I like them. I think that's going to be a while until we see some of our, our more favorite applications update their widget styles to be compatible with this new new type. For example, I have a few weather applications and things that I wish I could drag and drop, but I currently can't. You know, like I use Radar Scope and my radar. In Florida, we have to have we're really big on our weather apps because it's constantly we're always, we always want to know when the rain's going to hit us or you know whatever so those things aren't ready yet they'll work in the sidebar right and the, the today screen on to the left yeah but the they won't but, but you can't drag and drop them onto the main workspace yet so that's kind of a bummer but you know it is what it is yeah i'm really enjoying widgets uh there's a smart stack portion of widgets that you could actually create or let apple create its own stack of widgets that automatically scrolls through widgets when it thinks you want to see certain bits of information. So you don't have to let Apple's own smart stack take over. You can create your own by dragging and dropping like you would a folder, for example. So on my iPhone, I have a smart stack that has the calendar app and the weather app. And it's really cool because throughout the day, if I have an appointment coming up, the calendar widget is always there. And all I have to do is swipe across it to go to the weather if I want to see it. But I've noticed we've had some close calls for rain here lately. We're in the middle of a drought, so it's not really raining. But uh, they've started to integrate Dark Sky's prediction algorithm into the weather app on iOS 14. And so if it's going to rain in the next hour, it switches to the weather widget automatically. So it'll show me expected rain in 20 minutes or whatever it is. But once that passes, it goes back to the calendar app and shows me my next entry or next you know item on my agenda, which I've really enjoyed using. I haven't messed around with a ton of widgets yet because like you said it's limited to just apple apps right now but as developers integrate ios 14 and hopefully launch test flight betas uh, to test leading up to the launch later this fall hopefully we'll be able to add some more widgets and take advantage of that in addition to that imessage now has inline replies for group or just one-off text message uh, threads so what that means is if you and I, Perlow, were in a conversation with a bunch of other people we work with, and someone asked me a question, but that was 20 messages ago. It looks a little weird when I show up in the conversation and just randomly answer the question. So now you can long press on the message, tap reply, and then it will copy that, kind of like Facebook Messenger does, Slack does it as well. Uh, and it'll, it'll copy that 
original message and then my reply will be beneath it adding some context which i think is extremely helpful especially for conversation threads with large groups and you can now mention names so again using that same example if i wanted to get your attention while the entire group is talking about something all i'd have to do is type the at symbol plus your name and it would send you a specific alert letting you know that hey someone wants to talk to you in this thread again like Facebook Messenger and other chat messaging apps as well. But they're welcome additions in my book to iOS 14 and iPadOS 14. And I, I believe they're even in Mac OS Big Sur. I haven't installed that or tested it. Yeah, they are. They, they copied all that. Yep. Yeah, the public beta is not out for that yet. Um, I agree with you. I wish iPadOS 14 had widgets on the home screen instead of just the column off to the side. But, you know, maybe next year. <laughs> it doesn't sound like Apple's going to change its mind uh, this year with iPad OS 14. And the other thing on iPhone, I don't know if you've messed with it quite a bit, is the app library, which is- Oh, I use it completely. I actually did a complete rearrangement of my iPhone to only have what I need on the home screen and everything I shove into into, into app i remove well it's interesting when you remove an app now it says put an app gallery or uninstall so you have now that choice when you do that long press right yeah yeah so now i just do remove from home screen and put an app gallery and, and it cleans up everything yeah yeah it's it's you know there's always been this debate whether or not apple should add an app drawer an android like app drawer which means you basically hide all of your apps and you could have customizable home screens and you don't have this big 20 long screen app drawer or home screen where you got to scroll through to find apps. It's, it's a mess. So Apple condensed that down, created app library. You can't customize the folders that are. No, uh, you created. It, it figured it has groupings and you have to live with them, whether you like them or not. Yeah. Hopefully eventually Apple allows you to move apps around. You know, there, if there's a communication app, there's a communication or a social and communication folder in app library. It's really easy, really intuitive to get to. Yeah, I'm like you. I have two home screens now with my most used apps and everything else. And I have 160 apps on my phone. I think last I checked, everything else lives in app library, which I could scroll through or search very easily. It's, you know, it, iOS 14 and iPadOS 14 to a lesser extent, to me is Apple's approach of making everything smaller, but providing more information at your fingertips, right? Like the widgets provide glanceable information. You only have the apps you absolutely want available constantly. And I really enjoy that aspect of it. Uh, it'll be interesting to see where it goes from here. But right now, there's a lot of big improvements to how we use our iPhone and iPads uh, in iOS 14. Well, there are, it's a lot of the stuff that we've had in Android for years. But see, this is kind of interesting dilemma, though, right? Because I, I, I think one of the things that people love about iOS is that it, it is simple. It's easy to understand. It's easy to look right. at. It's an uncluttered UX. Android in the past has been plagued with just being overly complicated in terms of it's that level of customization. It's, and it's easy to do things that'll not so much screw up your phone, but how do you undo what you just did is kind of like, you know, always a challenge, especially, you know, I've had to deal with, you know, relatives that didn't know what the hell they did, you know, and then we have to sure. try, I got to figure out over the phone based on whose manufacturer of Android they have, how it's going to behave, how to set it back to where it's supposed to be. So I think that with iOS taking on some of these capabilities, there's going to have to be sort of a tightrope, right? That Apple's going to have to walk between ease of use and, you know, breadth of customization. Yeah, absolutely. And so far, my experience has been 
the new features are fairly discoverable. App library, maybe not if you have a ton of home yeah. screens and you don't realize it's there after you first yeah. install iOS 14, you have to scroll pretty far through your home screens in order to reach it. So maybe a fresh install, there'll be a pop-up by the time this launches you know, later this year to inform people that, hey, you can now hide all this and use app library. There'll be some discoverability issues with that widgets. Uh, I already saw a pop-up letting me know that I could place widgets on the home screen. And I think people are just going to love those, especially as third-party developers add support for them and right. really begin to take advantage of the new look because they don't look like the widgets that are currently in today view. They're more refined, more polished, and they, I, they're they funner to look at. I, that may not make any sense, but they just to me, they're more pleasing overall. So yep. I guess the big question is, this is a beta, right? Which means it's in testing phase. There's going to be issues. There's going to be bugs. There's going to be battery life problems. Should your friend who doesn't really know, or my friend who doesn't really know anything about technology, should the average person like them install and help test iOS 14 or iPadOS 14? Well, I think you got to be technical to the extent that you have to be forgiving of when things break and are, in, are incomplete, right? Yeah. Because this is there. This is still an incomplete. It's not a feature complete beta yet. Right. Right. Um, it probably won't be until September, October, when the next iPhone is announced, right? And probably October, you know, November, they'll finalize it very close to shipping. Yeah, it's usually what happens is when the new iPhone ships a couple of days beforehand, the new version of iOS ships. Speculation is this year due to the pandemic and other issues that the new iPhone may not launch until October. So what does Apple do? Do they launch iOS 14 like they normally would in September or do they wait until closer to the new iPhone? We'll have to wait and see, but we still have a couple months of a beta and I agree with you. I strongly suggest and urge people to wait. At least if you're going to take part in the beta, wait until closer to launch. Wait until the 1st of September when we're in beta 7 or 8. And there's a few reasons. One is battery life is horrible. It, it, it's it's just, not it's, good. It's, it's, not good. it's always going to be anytime there's a beta. It, it feels like it's the last thing Apple ever concentrates on when they're improving and updating. Well, they, they, read, they have to remove all the debugging code and all the triggers and stuff for, you know, for bug tracking and things like that. And that takes up a lot of overhead. It yeah. chews up a lot of extra processor time. Yeah, it's not until the last couple of weeks that battery life really improves and you see uh, an improvement there. Personally, I use Apple's smart battery case during beta season is what I call it. Uh, so as soon as I install you know, the upcoming operating system, that battery case is on my phone at all times because that's the way I get through a full day of use. And you know, normally I don't, I don't need that to get through a full day of use. Another issue is it's going to break apps. I did a quick Twitter search yesterday. There was banking apps, you know, after the public beta launched, there was people complaining of banking apps not working. Uh, there was a TV app over in the UK that was broken, wouldn't even launch. You know, so there are changes that Apple has made fundamentally to how iOS and iPadOS apps interact with the operating system. And sometimes that breaks apps. And that change could happen in beta four when the app has been working perfectly fine up until that point, and then they fix it in beta five or a developer releases an update. Yeah, I mean, I flat out busted a bunch of apps that I have. So like, especially for, for like, I've noticed this appears to be not just slower in terms of, and also some battery life issues, 
but also to be appears to be more memory intensive due to all the debugging processes that they have running in the background. So if I have a lot of apps open, I'll start seeing apps just blow up, just force exit and vanish, right? Yeah. Um, and I've also seen um, lots of weird user interface things like, you know, text colors and things, uh, dialogue boxes are unreadable and stuff like that. I mean, they've made they've made a lot of little thing changes that I think developers need to put into their apps yeah. to use some of the new APIs and stuff. Um, so I, I think, you know, you always have to think of these beta periods as sort of best efforts, right, by by developers to try to accommodate all the, the changes that are sweeping at once. And many of them don't don't actually make those finalized changes until like, you know, after the first dot one release, which usually happens within a few weeks of the new device releases. You know, you always see like, you know, I'm sure there'll be a 14.1 you know, within a month of 14.0's release or something. Yeah, usually, but I, I will say this. I haven't had any issues with apps not working. I have seen complaints of apps I use not working on other people's devices, but I personally have not had any issues. And these issues are expected. They're, I'm, yeah. I'm not surprised by them. No one else should be surprised by them. That is part of a beta process and beta testing software, whether it's internally or publicly like it is now. The, we're not complaining about what Apple has done with iOS 14. This is par for the course for any beta process, but this is by far the most stable beta build I have ever used that Apple I will agree with that. We've had we've had some horrible beta builds in the past. 12 was awful. 13, 13 was, was horrendous. 13 never got better, ever. No, no. <laughs> I mean, through the beta and official release, it feels like it never truly improved. So I have seen improvements and iOS 14, and like I said, this is the most stable build. But that said, I still think most people should wait until September 1st, you know, beta seven or eight or whatever it is they're at at that point. Because they, they normally release an update every two weeks. We just had, you know, WWDC kicked off. They released developer beta one. Two weeks later, we had public beta two, which is developer beta two as well. So in two weeks, we'll have another update. So every two weeks, they update which can introduce more bugs, fix bugs, and all of that. So hold off. Unless you have a spare phone lying around or spare iPad lying around, anything that runs iOS 13 right now will run iOS 14. They're not end of lifeing any software support for currently supported devices, nope. which I think is a whole nother topic worthy of its own show in its own right compared to Android devices. Which there's The iPhone 6S is still supported. That device is old, and it, but it's going to run iOS 14, which blows my mind. Um, so if you do decide whether you have a spare device or you just want to live on the edge and you're willing to put up with bugs and random reboots and everything else that comes along with it, what's the install process like, Jason? Um, it's well, it's pretty easy. So the way the way that works with developers is pretty much the same way it works for public beta. There is something called a profile which is essentially, it's like a little, tiny little file that you download from the beta site. And you know when you click on it, um, you have to do it on your iPhone or your iPad. You go to the, the beta.apple.com site and there's, it's, there's a, a button there to install profile. So what happens is uh, Safari downloads a little tiny file to your iPhone and then you go into settings and you'll see there's a little red uh, notification that says profile downloaded. You click on profile downloaded and it asks you if you want to install the profile to the, the device. You click on install and then, and then typically you go through a reboot process for that profile to, to do its thing. Then after your phone reboots, you do check for new software and it downloads the beta build and it goes through the update process as it normally does. 
Yeah, absolutely. So you can go to beta.apple.com and for the public beta and sign up and follow the prompts, just, just like you perfectly outlined. One thing I would add to that, though, is create a backup on your computer of your device, an encrypted backup of your device before you install the beta. Any backups you make on iOS 14 or iPadOS 14 cannot be used to restore a device that's on nope. iOS 13. You can roll back. It isn't. It is possible to uninstall iOS 14, but that process requires you putting your phone or iPad into recovery mode, doing a fresh install of iOS 13, and if you follow our advice and have a backup, restoring to that backup. If you don't, you're starting with a brand new device. You lose everything that's on your phone or tablet and you have to start fresh, you know, other than the stuff that you have backed up in the cloud. Yeah. So if you're going to take part, do it right, create a backup, that way you have it on hand. And the reason I say an encrypted backup that saves all of your account passwords, uh, if you have your uh, enterprise email set up, it, it'll restore your device and you won't have to enter any passwords. It, it's just a much more streamlined process of restoring a device than creating an unencrypted backup where you have to enter account passwords pretty much for every app that is installed on your phone or tablet. Any closing thoughts, Jason, about iOS 14, iPad OS 14, and what we've seen so far? Um, you know, there's a couple other little things. Obviously, if you have an Apple Watch, there's some new stuff in the Watch app that's in iOS 14. For example, I noticed that they turned on the hand washing thing last night. Uh, and, yeah, so uh, I, the Watch OS 7 beta didn't launch yet. So for for public, they, for whatever reason, they're holding no, it back. No, no, no. That's if you're at the, on the developer code. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. So the public version isn't alive yet. It's supposed to be for the first time. Apple Watch users will be able to use the beta version of Watch OS, which is Watch OS 7 this time around. But for whatever reason, it's not live yet. But yes, the hand washing thing is included in there, which and is pretty sleep, cool. And the extended sleep. I originally thought that Apple was doing like their own sleep tracker, but it looks like they're exposing the sleep APIs to other companies. So for example, auto sleep and calm and all that can now hook into it. So, which is kind of neat, yeah. Uh, yeah, the freedom of being able to integrate with the health and watch stuff from third-party apps is pretty pretty cool to see because Apple's not just saying we're the only way of doing it. We appreciate data from everywhere else. And if you want to bring that in, you can. I personally haven't messed around with any other sleep tracking apps. I've only tested uh, the sleep mode in watchOS 7 that Apple has built and it's okay. You know, it. I, I already wrote a column on this about, you know, the battery life and the dual charging oh, yeah. cycle, um, which we'll see once you know, we get closer to launch. I think the next Apple Watch is going to have tremendous improvement in battery life. In order to make this a feasible way of living with an Apple Watch, you know, you have to go to bed with 30% charge in order to track your sleep. But then what do you do in the morning? Charging your watch for a couple of hours just so you can get through the day. Um, as far as I go with iOS 14 and iPadOS 14, I think they're leaps and bounds better than iOS 13, just performance-wise. Obviously, there's bugs and issues, but everything seems smoother right now, and, and that's a good thing. But I, I once again suggest not installing yet. Wait a little bit longer. Um, let Apple and those people who are taking part in the beta use the feedback app to submit bugs and reports and help Apple track down all the random stuff that happens once you have a wide testing group um, like they do now. I'm Jason Cipriani. And I'm Jason Perlow. And this is Jason Squared. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Make sure to check us out at ZDNet.com.